Okay, so so far in our history uh, in psychology and the development of different um, competing models, we've really seen um, two major forces that have um, uh, emerged, you know, at least of the ones that still remain today. We've got the psychodynamic model, mostly in Europe, the uh, behavioral and later cognitive behavioral model, mostly in the United States. There was a third. Um, so if you'll join me on slide number 26, we'll look um, briefly at humanistic models. Humanistic models are interesting, and I'd like to tell you a lot about them, um, but, um, but they don't actually come up very much in, the course, in this course of abnormal psychology um, because their contributions to our understanding of mental illnesses were very little. Um, they did propose some, um, some models of, or some theories about the cause of mental illnesses, uh, but none of those theories really held up uh, to scientific scrutiny. And so, you know, we don't need to go uh, into stuff that turned out to not work and didn't work. Um, uh, but the humanists did give us, uh, did contribute some important um, things related to therapy techniques, maybe even more generally, kind of generally, general counseling techniques like active listening. Uh, active listening, you know, was invented by Carl Rogers and, um, and you know, is widely used in counseling and therapy. Uh, nowadays, um, uh, Rogers thought, you know, that it was effective in itself. Uh, now we kind of know that it's a useful thing, but we got to add more stuff to it, right? Active listening is um, is a communication tool, and so we use it in psychotherapy or or in counseling. They use it too, and um, and we'll teach it in psychotherapy. We're liable to teach people how to do active listening as a communication technique, like in relationship therapy, marital therapy, or something like that, right? Um, uh, but um, uh, otherwise, um, humanistic explanations of mental illness, e the etiology of mental illnesses, uh, aren't going to come up very much, if at all, in the rest of the course, right? So the humanists were... Um, were influential for a fairly brief time um, uh, in psychology, and they sort of fell out of favor in most of psychology because they were sort of anti-scientific. Uh, they didn't think that you could do scientific studies with humans because they believe that humans have free will, um, and they didn't think you could do uh, psychological studies with animals to tell you anything about humans, because they believe that humans are fundamentally different than other animals. And so this was a time when psychology was definitely becoming more scientific. And, uh, and so the humanists' ideas were out there, but they didn't um, stand up to scientific scrutiny, and so they kind of lost favor for a while. Humanist models did remain influential in some parts of psychology, particularly in uh, educational psychology. Um, and, you know, if you go into educational psychology, you'll probably run into humanistic models uh, a bit more. Um, and, and that's probably because humanistic models fit more in that... Um, uh, in some educational ideas of growth and development and becoming better and reaching potential and stuff like that. Um, but we don't see that a whole lot uh, related it or in um, abnormal psychology. Uh, let's see. Um, when they did explain things in terms of uh, abnormal behavior, it tended to be things about distorted self-concepts or blocks to actualization. So essentially where a person's subjective sense of themselves, their 
the way they see themselves uh, could be problematic, the distorted self-concept. Or a block to actualization would mean something happening uh, in the person's life that's keeping them from being able to thrive and develop. Uh, and so, um, so in humanistic therapy, they would often try to help people to uh, remove those blocks uh, to their growth, their actualization, and um, and then just kind of sit back and let that growth naturally happen because they thought that was a natural thing for humans to grow and become better. It's a nice idea, but it, it's not enough. It doesn't it doesn't work well. Um, <clears throat> let's see, the uh, humanistic models, as I said, uh, faded out in a lot of areas of psychology. You know, they have had a recent sort of resurgence um, in the positive psychology movement, uh, where, um, where people are trying to study some positive human characteristics, but trying to do it scientifically, right? So that's the main difference between the humanists. The, the positive psychologists embrace um, uh, scientific methods and are trying to study positive human characteristics scientifically. So they've got some interesting stuff, but that's for another class.